0: Hey folks, Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox once again. I hope you are doing well and you're blessed. I wanted to first shout out Greenhouse Community Church once again for allowing us to do a sermon there. It was simply amazing. It was really great. If you want to check it out, it is on their website. We are going to post it here as well so you can access the audio. But I just wanted to give you that option that you can go on their YouTube or their website and you'll be able to find the sermon there. Today we're going to talk about a topic that everybody seems to ask. Christians, non-Christians, non-believers, atheists, agnostics, some people that are on the fence, they all talk about it. Why did God create everything? If God is all-knowing and all-powerful and quite frankly doesn't need us, why did he create everything? And more importantly, the question that I get often that I hear or I see a lot is, why did God create everything knowing we would fail? That's a little extra to that question. And if you've ever wondered this, I totally understand because I've also wondered this. I'm like, man, life is tough. So why did you create everything, God? Why am I here? We all have our different purposes, right? We all have... The things that God wants for us to do in participation with Him. Okay? Totally, totally fine. Totally great. But if God is all-knowing and all-powerful, why would He even create us in the beginning? Why? Now, we've heard that God equals love. We always hear God is love. That's true. But God is, the is, is actually equals God equals love. He is love. He is a definition of love. Everything he has done or does do is out of love. What do you do with all that love? You got a lot of love to give. Right? What do you what do you do when you're totally in control and want to show others your love? So I guess in a nutshell, that was the quick answer. But let's get into it, okay? Let's dig here. Ready? Have you ever played the game The Sims? S-I-M-S The Sims? It's a well-known game, okay? But if you haven't, the game almost allows you to play as God a little bit, right? Which is kind of the down of, about this. But it used to be SimCity. That's how it started. I remember when I was a kid, SimCity was awesome. Like, you would create this city. It's a, I guess it's a simulation city. I guess that's the Sim part of it. But you can create this whole city with buildings and things to do. And, and you try to get it to thrive. You want people to come to your city. Now, The Sims is where you can get down to the individual level and essentially control these people and <laughs> control their lives, okay? You can create a person or people and then you can put them in like the same family or different families. You could put them in certain areas. You can put them in, you could build their house for them and you can make them in like a really cool home, big home, small home, weird shaped home, doesn't matter. You can change your looks. You can give them like... Green eyes, blue eyes, red eyes, if you want to. You can do all these crazy things, okay? Now, I don't have stock in this video game. I wish I did because I'd probably be rich. But no, if it, it was one of the first things that came to mind when I was trying to listen to God when I asked this question of, God, why did you create everything? Or why did you create everything knowing we're going to fail? Now, in The Sims, you can go one of two ways. Okay, one of two ways. The first way is you can create a person and totally ruin their lives, okay? Or you could totally let them thrive and do what's best for them. Now, it really showed me where my heart was when I played. And and there were a few times I ruined some people's lives in The Sims. It's awful because I was just, like, trying to push the envelope. I was also, like, a kid or a teenager, and I was just mean, right? Okay, so... That's where my heart was. My heart was in a, in a bad place, okay? And I'm human, so give me a break, okay? No, but when I, when I there were times I would make the person thrive. I would make a person thrive and do awesome things. And when I did make a person thrive, I took, I took care of them. And like, maybe out of love, I guess, I mean, I don't know, love for my sim. Like, I, I made sure that they were guided to do the right thing. Okay, and the crazy thing about this game is you can give them free will or you can totally take away their free will. Now, if you give them free will, they'll keep doing things that they want to do. Regardless if it's right, right? Sometimes they would go get food even if they were full and they really needed to go take a bath because they stunk, you know, or something like that. And if you took away free will, they would just literally stand still until you move them. This is a semi-good analogy for who God is and why he created us. Okay. The difference here is he wants all of us to thrive. He didn't just create some people to thrive. Some people don't have as many gifts. Some people have things we, as humans, would call disabilities. But all these things are good to God where they can all be used to glorify him. And also, every single one of these people have entry into heaven. Period. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior now, you had entry into heaven. Even before Jesus, you had entry into heaven if you believed in and trusted in God. Now, He keeps the free will checkbox, I guess, if you want to say, on The Sims, on for us, where we can choose to follow Him or not. We also choose to go to heaven or not. So these failures that we call failures are our failures. But knowing this, why would God still make us? Well, first, I challenge you. If you were God, what would you do differently? What would you do differently? I know there are a lot of people that would nitpick certain things. I would take away all diseases. I would take away all pain. I would take away all murders. I would take away all these things. But you have to think situationally. All those things can be addressed as they are today. You can't take those things away that I just listed off. But it really boils down to this. Would you turn off free will or would you keep it on? Out of an overflow of love from God's heart, he created everything. That's the answer. He created stars and said, wow, those are nice. He created earth and said, wow, that's good. He created animals and said, wow, those are cool. That's good. And he created us in his image and said, yes, this is good. He enjoyed creating all of us and only wanted the best for all of us. He also didn't want to create only robots who can't love him and love others and enjoy the creation that he created. He didn't want to make that people like that. He didn't want to make us as robots. Imagine, like imagine a life without free, free will. No free will, no free thoughts. If you think about it, no free will equals no free thoughts. You have to turn the thoughts off of man so that you can control every aspect of every life. Think about that. If you take away free will, I can't think like... Oh man, I I must I really love that person because then that is that's a will. I can choose to love that person. I have a choice, it gets rid of all choice. There's no such thing as free will. You have to turn off free will, turn off the thoughts of man so you can control every aspect of life. And what's the fun in that? If you were God, what's the fun fun in that? What's the fun? Of not being able to participate and live with the creation you've created. It makes no sense. It wouldn't be fun and it would stink. Okay? Now, he created us to live with us. He created us to live with us. In Genesis three eight, it mentions that in the cool of the day, God was in the garden and Adam and Eve heard him moving. Now, we're unsure if he was in some sort of like flesh, fleshy state. But in many other areas of the Bible, including places like Exodus, he's among the people as like a cloud or in spirit as in wind or something along those lines. He loves to be with us. And it showed in Jesus Christ who literally walked the earth in the flesh to eat and drink and hang out with us and then redeemed us again out of love. He has always been connected to us people us humans, because he loves us. He chooses to connect with us. His love was so exponential and unfathomable that it spilled into a place that we call our physical universe, our physical world. All the time, space, and matter, and stuff that we can analyze with science and that we can smell, touch, feel, taste, whatever, that is an overflow of love from God. And just because things that we like to call bad happen and we fail all the time does not mean God does not love us. He knew this would happen if he gave us free will, but still decided to create everything for us to enjoy, including each other. And this little life of ours is our chance to keep walking with and participate with him. So the overflow of love Is responsible for the universe and that overflow of love has never changed or gone away and it never will. Okay, here are your verses to meditate on. It's it's one set of verses from Psalms. I love these. This is Psalm 65, 8 through 13. If you don't have your Bibles, no worry, I'm gonna read it right now. I just I I just love this because it's so like peaceful, it's so nice to me. I just I don't know. Okay, here we go. Ready? The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Gosh, I'd I, 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 love that. It's just, I. this is how I see God loving all of us. And this is how I see God Kind of presenting all this stuff to us from his love, from that overflow of love. The word is overflow. Always keep that in mind. You know, when cups overflow, when you fill our cup with Jesus, when you fill our cups with God, it overflows because there's just so much more to give and it goes out and flows out to other people, right? It's just that it's such a beautiful word to describe. God's love for us. And I just picture all these things. This is like, it's so descriptive. It's so descriptive and it's so full of gladness and joy. And I hope that those verses blessed you because they surely blessed me. And I, I know that's how God sees all of us. Full of love, full of grace and mercy. And he just looks at us like his beautiful creation. So now I have a couple questions for you. And the first one is I already asked earlier. But honestly, ask yourself and think of every situation and every circumstance. Question number one, if you were God, how would you do things differently? If at all, maybe you wouldn't change a thing. Maybe you're like, you know what? This is actually the way to do it. That's what I believe. My answer to number one is I wouldn't change a thing. I would be doing the same exact thing that God has done. Question two, how can you use your free will for God? And then question three, how have you witnessed God's overflow of love in your personal life? Thank you once again for joining in. This is a short but sweet one. I hope it blessed you today. And seriously, seeing people across the world, loving God, listening in, reaching out to us. It's so fun. This is amazing. And I pray that you can continue to reach out to us. Keep asking questions. Keep Dropping us comments, prayers, all those things. We love hearing from you. So thank you for the support. Thank you for the prayers. We pray for you always. We pray for all, again, I don't know how many, 8 billion something people on earth, that we can all, every single one of us, understand God's love for us. How deep, how wide, how high it is. Just the how much he loves us. And that's why he did this. That's why he created you. He created all of us because He loves us. He created you because He wants you to be with Him forever. He put you here for a reason. That's why you're here. And the reason is for us to continuously preach the gospel, to participate with God, to love God way more, just love God with all of your heart, your mind, and your strength, and then that will overflow. That love for him will burrow down into you and then it will overflow to everybody else. That's why we're here. We all have a purpose and we are all loved. We're all loved by the literal creator of the universe. So I want to pray over everybody right now. If you take your prayer posture, if it's safe to do so, let's do that and let's talk to God. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for creating us. We're here for a reason. We know that. No matter where we are in life, we know that you created us out of love. That you love every single one of us. And if you didn't, then you wouldn't have sent Jesus to us. You wouldn't have died on a cross. You wouldn't have been resurrected so that we did not have to deal with in eternity without you, and vice versa, that you wouldn't deal with an eternity without us. We love you so much. We know you love us so much, and we pray that you can continue to help us feel that that love of yours, that overflow of love, that abundance of love, that mercy and grace that that you bring to us as well. We thank you for the ability to participate with you every day. We ask that you forgive us when we just continuously walk away from you and and seek self and selfish motives. We want to be orienting ourselves back to you. And we pray that you can keep us away from those crazy things that keep us from loving you even more. We thank you for the things you give us. We thank you for the things you even take away. We praise you and give you all the glory and worship in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.